0: Thank you for choosing to listen to this episode of the Anna podcast. This episode is part of our mental health awareness series and may contain topics that are sensitive or triggering. We believe that mental health and self-care are important for everyone. Now on to the podcast. You're listening to the Annaluia Podcast, where faith and animation collide. Each episode, we'll discuss the various topics in animated movies and TV shows, while also sharing our thoughts and opinions as they relate to faith and spirituality. Get ready to raise a hallelujah. It's time for Annaluia.
1: And my name is Josh, and you're welcome to another episode of the Annaluia Podcast, and I'm with my lovely wife, Rebecca. Hey, guys. So I want to get right into it. Generally, with our beginning of the show, we kind of do some funny banter, think a few jokes, and it's all fun and great. However, I do want to set the tone for this episode. To say that this one will be heavy is an understatement.
0: Yeah, this one was a really, really emotional roller coaster.
1: Yes, agreed. And we had the warning of in the, before the intro that you heard, but I do want to extend an additional warning to those of you listening. This episode is going to deal with the topic of suicide, depression, and anxiety, especially suicide. We know that is can be very triggering for some people. So just putting that disclaimer out there that if you are easily triggered by suicide, talks of depression, or anything like that, please be advised.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we want to make sure, too, that, you know, if you if you are dealing with suicidal thoughts, um, with depression or really any mental illness um, that that we'll be talking about for the whole month, we definitely want to encourage you to seek professional help. Yes. Don't be afraid there. I know I know in society there can be this stigma against going to a counselor that you're somehow wrong or that you're sick or that you're, you know, um, just all of sort of like negative connotations that come with uh, going to a therapist. But, um, you know, we heard it once, I think we may have said this last week, but, um, I heard it one time that your, your body gets sick, right? You get a cold, you cut your finger, whatever it is. Um, you go to see a doctor for that injury, (laughs) a bodily injury to, um, to get that Healed and resolved, and sometimes our mind and our emotions and our soul gets hurt, and we just need a doctor for our soul and for our, our you know, our mind. There yeah,
1: and there's tons of resources. Um, oh yeah. Again, if you if you're having suicidal thoughts or suicidal tendencies, there is the suicide hotline, um, the Hope Line, uh, which is great. Ground is another great resource. Um, that's all biblical um, and faith-based. And for those of you listening who may not be of the particular religious persuasion, there there's counselors out there that will cater to...
0: Whatever your needs are exactly. and specialties are.
1: Yes. So without further delay, we're going to go ahead and get into our film for this week. And that is A Silent Voice. This movie came out in 2017, and I'll read you a little bit of a synopsis. A young man is ostracized by his classmates after he bullies a deaf girl to the point where she moves away. Years later, he sets off on a path for redemption.
0: Oh, wow. That is a really good synopsis of what it's about. I didn't even think about um, the theme of redemption in the story, but that's absolutely one of the major themes in the story.
1: And definitely something that we'll touch on here as we discuss this movie. As we said in the beginning, this is very much an emotional roller coaster. It has a nice blend of humor, but also very serious through the majority of this film. I wouldn't recommend it for children under the age of fourteen, maybe, because your your aunt, we were we were talking with her, and she said that um, her son watched it, or or they all watched it together.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, and for that matter, though, this is dealing with, it is heavy, um, but I think, I think middle schoolers, I mean, they they need to know some of this stuff, I guess. I don't know, you know, I go back and forth on the whole idea of like shielding our children. Um, I think if we talked about some of these issues more and and kind of normalized these things, as far as like talking about it, um, there would be more help available, and that kids in particular wouldn't feel alone. Because when you go through something that's emotionally traumatic like that, you end up feeling like you're alone. And that's something that Satan tries to do when we have all of these emotions going on inside of us that we don't know what the root cause is, we don't know how to deal with it, um, all of that. He tries to tell us that, well, you're completely alone. No one will ever believe you or you are the only one who who feels this way basically and that's
1: when the other conditions start to play in the depression the anxiety and just everything that comes along with you know self-harm yeah and you know suicidal thoughts and again it doesn't go straight to oh i'm gonna cut myself or whatever it starts with you know those thoughts of before the action uh, you know what what you said, I'm feeling alone. I'm, you know, I am the only one, and nobody else is gonna understand. And even if I told them, they think I was lying.
0: Yeah, yeah, or think that I'm blowing this out of proportion.
1: Right. And the sad thing is, I've heard stories from people where they're they tell their parents, and they're like, "Oh, it's just a phase," or mm-hmm. "Oh, you're just doing it for attention."
0: That is so harmful. I don't think parents say those things with bad intentions, you know. Um, but it is not helpful. In fact, it is harmful. And I think it's because they themselves haven't been educated on mental health and mental illnesses and how to give proper treatment basically. And um I think that's one of that's one of the reasons why uh, I'm so passionate about doing this mental health awareness month.
1: And just to preface um, this episode in particular, I know we started pretty light mm-hmm. at the start. Don't worry, this will probably be the heaviest one that we do.
0: <laughs> yeah, we like we went from joy and sadness, going on a little journey, you know, in um, last week, and uh, now we're jumping right into to a uh, silent voice. Uh, which there was another name wasn't there when it was like directly translated from Japanese.
1: Right. So in the beginning and at the end of the film, it says like
0: a quiet voice or yeah, something, a quiet or...
1: voice or something like that.
0: Yeah. Oh, and by the way, this movie is an anime Japanese anime film that came out.
1: And at the time of this recording it is it is available on Netflix. So for those of you who subscribe to Netflix, it is available at the time that we're recording this. And we we own it. Um I purchased it on like Apple iTunes or whatever.
0: Yeah. When we saw it, it was like, whoa, this was a this was a journey. You yes. felt everything that uh that Shoya went through.
1: So getting into the film itself, it encompasses a lot in two hours.
0: Yeah, it does. It oh my gosh. We start off and uh Shoya, the main guy, he is in elementary school. With all of his friends, and he really just wants to like fit in.
1: Correct. And they're, yeah. So they're in like elementary school, and you're at that point where how hey, you just playing around and, yeah. but bullying. And again, I can see from the experience just because you're different, or you speak a certain way, or you walk a certain way, anything that's different or not the norm is automatically attacked. Mm-hmm.
0: By the majority of people, I would say that that's true. There are some kids who I know I I, I experienced in my school. They were very kind and open to people who were different, um, and that was a great way to grow up, I guess, with with classmates that were like that. Um, I bet there were, there were probably people who were uncomfortable, but there were a lot of really nice kids. Um, but you know, I know my experience, my school experience is not the same. Um, and that was only from my perspective. You know, I didn't see everyone's perspective, obviously. Did you experience uh, or see any bullying happening in your school?
1: This was before the whole curving the bully initiative was really going on because, like I was saying, if you showed any shred of like uniqueness or something that's seen as weird, you were kind of like ostracized by a certain group,
0: yeah, yeah. And you know, while you were talking, I actually remembered I've totally forgotten about this. Um, I actually had a bully in school, um, yeah, she this was in third grade, yeah, third grade, it was in third grade. And um, I was the new kid at school. And uh, I just remember, um, I remember there was, it was a girl and like her group of friends. And one thing in particular that stood out, she had like one of those very 90s or early 2000s uh, fluffy shirts Fuzzy, fluffy shirts, and uh, everyone. She was like, "Oh yeah, you want to feel?" Uh, to all of her friends, and they were like, "Oh my gosh, it's so soft." And then I remember coming in with my stuff, and um, and uh, she was like, "Well, everyone can feel except you, Rebecca. You can't feel it." I was like, "Okay."
1: To what she said, "I don't want to feel it anyway."
0: <laughs> well, I was at the time. I was obviously very hurt. Um, I don't even remember all the other stuff that happened, honestly um, with that particular person. Um, I do remember though, that my dad would take me golfing and I would, he told me to visualize this person's head as the golf ball. And I would, I would smack that ball almost all the way to the green. <laughs> and that was good therapy. <laughs> Maybe not the, the healthiest thing to do, my mom would come in and she would say, "Now we should pray for her and we should give her, a, you know, our church was like giving out one of the like Christmas CDs or something uh, at the time. And she was like, we should pray for her and give her a CD. And there was like a Christian CD. <laughs> and um,
1: and while that's yeah. all well and good, some of us are not, not going to go directly to that. Some of us will be like, well, the only thing that this person will you know, understand as a swift kick.
0: Well, yeah, my parents were pretty good. You know, we got the praying thing in (laughs) we need to, let's talk it out. What happened? Let's pray for her because this is something that, um, something she may be dealing with that, you know, it may have nothing to do with you. Um, and, uh, but then also practically let's get some therapy out of this hitting a golf ball business. And I think maybe that something that was going on with me at the time that's very similar to Shoya is that I know I just really wanted to fit in. I, I got my worth, and for a long time, I still fall into this get my worth from other people and their acceptance and oh, show you. Yeah, it's
1: very easy to do. So easy. Because we we want to fit in, whether that's with a group at school or right. a club or even a click at. Uh, at work or something Mm -hmm. like that. Again, we feed off that, uh, that acceptance. Like me, I'm kind of the resonant mean, funny guy um, on my team at work. And I kind of find, you know, that that builds up my confidence. Because I'm like, okay, people are laughing, they think it's funny. And that's great. So that's kind of like my identity at work.
0: Well, and it's good. I don't think it's a bad thing to, Do things that boost your confidence um, because that, I mean, that's a very positive thing. You, You, you know, boost your confidence. That's good. I also think it's really good to be rooted in your identity in Christ because without that, without being rooted there, all of the, the confidence building things that you end up doing kind of hurt you because it forces or reinforces your um need for acceptance from others but i don't think it's a bad thing you know
1: not not at all okay so with all this talk of bullying what you kind of described is the first 15 20 minutes of the a silent voice we have the character of shoka or shoko yeah we she's the, the deaf girl yeah. so we have the character of shoka who shoko
0: <laughs> i know it's hard Shoko and yeah. Shoya.
1: <laughs> Shoko. We have the character of Shoko who comes into the school and she's a new student and she brings out this notebook explaining, hey, I'm deaf. I can't hear. I use this notebook. If you want to talk to me, please use this notebook. Yeah. And everybody's kind of like put off a bit and Shoya doesn't really, I guess, kind of like understand. She's kind of like, Whatever. Like, for a little bit.
0: He was. He was very whatever. He didn't understand it. He didn't, um, none of that. It was only when he started to see other people in his friend group be mean to her that he decided he was going to be the class clown and make fun of her.
1: Yeah. So Naoka is one of his friends, and she's the first person to kind of put off Shoko hey, don't talk to me, or eh, I don't really want to be around you, stuff like that. And Shoko just being like the sweetest person is just wanting a She reminded me me a lot of like Toru from Freeze Basket.
0: Yeah. Yes. Very similar to Toru.
1: And I'll play a clip here, but this is where Shoya and Shoko are having this exchange in elementary school where Shuya is just telling Shoko, hey, we're all kind of like sick of this. Why do you have to be like so different? You know something? We're all sick of you and your notebook. It's getting pretty old pretty fast.
0: What do you want? Can
1: we be fun? Uh, what? You're such a freak! Man, thinking about that now. You know how you can like can see sounds?
0: Yeah, you know, I think he I think he was also kind of frustrated with himself that he couldn't understand her.
1: Quite possibly. And even after being bullied and just time and time and time and time again, she still makes that attempt to connect with people.
0: Yeah, she is resilient, that is for sure and you know she had to obviously learn that at a very young age that people were not that people were not going to be as accepting of her which um which is really sad you know she's just she has a physical impairment of not being able to hear, but she's able to have hearing aids. Um, that was another, Oh, that was hard to watch too. He decided.
1: Yeah. until I just grabbed her hearing aids and, and that, rip
0: them out. Ugh. Yeah.
1: And that is very damaging. Like don't yeah. ever do that. Right.
0: Well, she, yeah. And you could see too, like she was bleeding when he did that. And um, those things are expensive.
1: Yeah. And he didn't like rip them out like constantly, but that one time he did. But more so is like taking them out of her ear and just like throwing them or trashing them.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: in the film, as a, those things are expensive, though they are not cheap. Oh. And they have to replace them time and time and time again.
0: Yeah, it was.
1: This is kind of where everything kind of takes a turn after all this bullying because it comes to the point where, you know, Shoko's mother is now notified of the bullying and she sees. You know, the scars of what's happening. And, you know, the principal comes in and says, you know, I need, you know, for anybody, I need you to speak up and come forward if you have seen any bullying.
0: Yeah, he was very serious, as he should have been. Yeah,
1: and you uh, 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 he's just outed instantly. Like Shoya, <laughs> stand up. We all know that it's you. I told you, stand up! <laughs> Yes, sir! Now then, Naoka. You sit right next to him. What have you seen? Well, uh, it's kind of true. He does tease her a little. Like, he makes fun of her. What? And Kazuki? Yeah, totally. I kept telling him to knock it off. But Shoyo won't listen to anyone. What? Wait, that's not fair! Y- you were making fun of her too, Kazuki! And it's not just the boys. The girls were doing it too! Trying to kind of lump everybody in and say, "Well, it it wasn't just me, like everybody else's," but you were like the constant force in that.
0: Well, so yeah, there's like there's two things going on here. Uh, Both of them are right, I think, because yeah, he was the main instigator in in a lot of the like a lot of the bullying, but the other kids didn't stop him and. They were making fun of her, too. Like what he said, what Shoya said is true. And they were trying to be like, what? Me? I could never. I'm so innocent. I don't want to get in trouble. It was just because they didn't want to get in trouble. And then his friends, like we just heard, they completely turned on him, completely turned on him. And then they started bullying him since they needed a new target to bully
1: yeah, I mean, kick them while they're down, as the saying goes.
0: Yeah. And that that was hard. That was hard to watch because Shoya was wrong. He was wrong. And the world would say, well, he kind of deserved the punishment in a way to know how it feels to be bullied. Um, and just out of a human, you know, the human part of me says, uh, yeah, well, he, <laughs> not that he deserved yeah. it, but like, he needed to learn a lesson. That was not the right way to learn that lesson. I mean, two
1: wrongs don't make a right.
0: Exactly, exactly. But um, yeah, that was that was really hard. And yeah, and those ki- those kids who were his friends, they were they were in the wrong too. They were in the wrong all the time. <laughs> but Shoya was the one who ultimately was left with some serious mental health issues.
1: As we see when we fast forward, I guess like. Eight ten years later.
0: No, I don't think it was that long because this was supposed to be an elementary school, right? Right. And then apparently he's in middle school now, which I
1: don't think. I think.
0: I think it's, whoever like translates these things, I don't think that that's true. I think. Really, he, I
1: thought it was high school.
0: I thought it was high school too. Well, he may have been the last year of middle school, which in uh, American society is freshman year of high school. So. Maybe that's what it is, or maybe someone just like didn't quite get the translation because he looks very grown all of a sudden. So I don't know.
1: Well, it sounded like when we were talking, when we were watching Tokyo Revengers, it's like yeah, these people are in middle school. I'm like, there's no way.
0: There's no way these guys are powerhouses of of just muscle (laughs) and strength. Yeah, there's no way they're just in middle school. I mean, I know middle school kids are like a lot bigger than you think they are, but they seem like they were high school.
1: Yes. So we'll kind of fast forward into the movie where we get into that real depression and anxiety phase because Shoya's friends have now turned on him and he gets bullied and he becomes reclusive, not wanting to look anybody in the eye, head down, kind of blocking everything out, just going about his day. And then at some point, he wants to make amends to people he's wronged or people he's caused trouble for like his mother.
0: Well, he, cause he gets to the point where he's told himself so many times, I am a piece of trash. I do not deserve to live. I don't deserve happiness because of what I did to this girl. And he just, he's carrying a heavy, heavy burden of shame and guilt, um, guilt that is, yeah, it, it's good that he feels guilt for what he did. Uh, the problem is he never moved past that. He wasn't able to process those emotions. Um he wasn't able to process those emotions and and move forward in his life. Um and he was he's just he was nev- never able to forgive himself. And so he thought, well, I might as well make things right with um Things right with my mom and things right with um, Shoko, if I can find her. And and then he was going to to end his life.
1: And Shoko is kind of like, yes, it, it is a thought in his mind. But before he runs into her, he doesn't know if she's like just down the road or she's like in another city.
0: Well, I think he knows he, where she goes to school. He found that out because he goes directly to her school. Right? When he first goes to see her?
1: Well he, he bumps into her at school and then mm-hmm. he goes to see her afterwards. Cause this is all this is all before like him wanting to like end his life and
0: I thought that I thought the sequence of events were a little different. I mean it doesn't really matter. <laughs> he goes when when he has I know when he has made the decision to end his life before he actually did it, he was gonna go give her the notebook that she used to write in. That was his whole goal. He I think he was just gonna go give it to her and then and then commit suicide.
1: But then that interaction happens that Right. You know, do you want to be friends? Right. Something in his brain is like making a last stitch effort. Yeah. To kind of salvage whatever there is.
0: I don't think he really wanted to kill himself. I think there was, a, you know, a piece a piece of him that he he was hurting so much and he didn't know how to process that. And you know, the taking himself out of the picture was the only way that he could see until until he talked with Shoko again and realized that maybe he could truly make amends with
1: Shoko. Yeah, now then Renendarine, I think that was like the crux sequence. Just trying to like make it all make sense. But in terms of making amends, he gives his mother the money that she had to spend to replace Shoko's ear uh, uh hearing aids. And this is a lot of money. Yes. But he left clues that kinda of like, you know, hinted at what he was gonna do. And the mother says, Oh, you know, I have such a nice son, you know, giving me, you know, money that he's paying me back for and just being, you know, it's such a great role model. But why is your calendar? Why is there nothing after the fifteenth? Why have you canceled like your phone plan? Yeah. And I'll play a little bit of something from there. Again, I've got a lot of audio to kind of like give you all context. Yeah, don't do anything crazy, Mom. CRAZY? You were gonna off yourself! No wait!
0: I'm sorry, Mom. I'm really sorry. I won't do it again. I swear I won't. Please
1: don't burn it. What are you not going to do? Be specific.
0: I promise I'm not going to kill myself. I swear I won't do it. Please believe me.
1: Do you mean it? I need to be a parent in that situation, I mean, do you really believe that just because they say, I'm not going to do it, that they won't? Because having suicidal tendencies and thoughts, it's just not a light switch that you can turn off.
0: I would say for some people it is. That was my experience. Um, I actually, so I had planned to talk about this since we are talking about depression and suicide. But um, when I was in my sophomore year of high school, um, well, actually my freshman year of high school and all the time up to that, I was a very happy, positive individual. And Um, it was like, life was great, bad things happen, but you know, I'll get through it kind of a thing. And then, uh, it sounds silly when I say it now, but this was my experience. There was a guy at school who I misread his intentions and he was just being really nice and I thought he liked me. So I kind of convinced myself that I really liked him. And once you turn those feelings on, it's hard to turn them off. Um, And so one day I asked him about it. You like me? And he was like, I'm really sorry, but I don't. I was like, okay. I have no idea how that conversation ended. I have no idea. But I know um, that launched me into a year of deep depression, a depressive state, I would say. Um, I don't think it was clinical depression, but-
1: um, Was it- now you just filled up all those emotions and that rejection just really took a toll?
0: Uh yeah. Well, I mean it was it was it was pretty serious, actually. I, I didn't I didn't really tell anyone because of the things that we talked about um just a little bit ago about feeling alone, like I was the only one in the world who's ever felt this this darkness, um, this depression. And I um, there's actually a really good video on YouTube called um, I think I have a black dog named depression a black dog black dog named depression something like that it was, pull- it was put out by the um, World Health Organization um, several years ago and it talks about what depression actually is what it what it feels like and it's it's true it's uh, all consuming and um, it it really it pulls you down in every single aspect. I do not remember ever being happy, truly happy during that year of my life. And um it was really hard. It was really hard. I ended up having suicidal thoughts and very very negative thought life. It was really really bad, much like um much like Shoya And as we find out a little later, Shoko also has these feelings and thoughts of being um, a burden to others that no one would really miss me if I was gone because no one really loved me, which is a total lie from the enemy.
1: It's one of the biggest lies. Just uh, getting to that point just take yourself out. Yeah. And in our heart of hearts, we know that's not true. We know that we were put here for a reason. We have a family, we have people that care about us. And if you just take yourself out, that's not only affecting you, that's affecting everybody in your close circle around you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I remember at that time I never, I never could get to the place where I had lots of thoughts of self-harm. Um, but I could never get to the place where I actually hurt myself. And um, I'm so thankful for that, that it didn't go that far. But I had friends who did, who did go that far. And I remember being so worried and concerned for them. And, you know, it's so odd that I would have that compassion for my friends and yet I would have the thought life secretly of that, no one cared about me. It, it does. It didn't. It didn't make sense. I remember during that time too. Um, I heard a lot of my friends saying that suicide was the coward's way out of a difficult situation, and I remember
1: agreeing with that. I mean, that's a bit harsh when I hear it because I don't believe that people think they're being a coward when they're choosing to take their own life, they think they're doing the world a quote unquote favor or a service. They do. When it's actually a disservice in reality.
0: Right. Yeah. After going through what I did with my very, very poor mental health, um, I definitely don't agree with that statement. It is in fact very harmful. Um, and I know now, you know, you know the Bible verse, uh, I believe it's in Romans. I should know it. I should memorize it by now. But where it's talking about, um, I know it's in Genesis, but it's also quoted in Romans. Um, So the story of Joseph is where it comes from. But Joseph is telling his brothers um, once they've kind of reunited and made up. He was telling them, "Hey, don't don't worry about what you did to me. Like I forgive you." And he says, "What you meant for evil, God took and meant for good." And I really hung on to that afterwards and even now, that what Satan meant for evil, um, to take me down, to take me out, to crush my spirit, God took and has now used it for good, for his glory, because I can tell people, I know what you're going through. I truly understand and can communicate what it's like to go through that um, to other people who haven't. And um, it's a big part of my my story and my drive for why, why I wanted to do this mental health awareness month and why, you know, a lot of things. Um, but how I, how I ended up moving through that time in my life was I remember very clearly having a conversation with my mom. Um, and I don't remember, I don't remember exactly what she said, but the outcome of that conversation was, you know, I don't like who I am. I don't like wearing black all the time. I don't like um, my attitude. I don't like this person. And I made a decision right then and there that I was gonna change and that I was gonna move forward in a different way and I wasn't gonna be a victim anymore. And I think in that moment, for me, not for everyone who deals with depression and particularly for clinical depression, that's different. Um, It was like, God just removed that nasty little demon that was speaking lies to me. And it was like, I was able to see clearly again. Now it took a long time to work through my emotions that dealt with the whole period of time in my life. Um, But through spending time with my friends and, and that (laughs) funny enough, that guy um, that I was telling, telling you about just a minute ago, kind of, I hate to say started all of it because like it wasn't his fault, you know, and I don't want any blame to be on him because it was all, um, all stuff to do with me. But we stayed friends the whole time. We actually went to prom together. Um, yeah, so that was interesting. Um, but it took me a long, long time to, to process, to process all of that. And that was a very long story. Um, but I know an,
1: an important story, and perfectly illustrates kind of like you know what we're talking about.
0: Yeah, I hope that gives um, insight into what goes on in people's heads when they're dealing with depression and dealing with um, things like our characters here are dealing with. Um, obviously, uh, I don't want to discount my experience, but like what what our characters here in the story dealt with was serious, like bullying, um, disabilities are involved. Like that is really heavy. Um, But the emotions that come from whatever life circumstances there are is the same, you know? So it doesn't matter, I guess, what your circumstances that kind of launched or kicked off the depressive state, your story is valid too. Whatever your story is, um, and just because someone else has something that is, seems worse, I guess, like has a worse story than whatever you're going through. Don't discount your own, your own story because that's important too.
1: Yeah. Just to iter- uh, reiterate what you said, let's say that you had suicidal tendencies and thoughts, but you never actually, you know, went through with it as opposed to somebody who did that doesn't discount your experience or your feelings, or your thoughts. Those are all valid. It's just to a different degree.
0: Well, yes. Um, the degree of pain though, I think very much can be the same because when, when I now hear of someone, uh, who has gone through with their plans of suicide, I know that that only happened because on that particular day, they lost the battle that was raging inside of them. And that's what it feels like every single day when you're going through depression and suicidal thoughts. It is a battle within your mind to get control of the suicidal thoughts and the self-harm thoughts and all of that. And I just get so emotional um, when I hear about you know, people who who have actually gone through with committing suicide, and it means that they lost the battle. That's that's really sad. It was a it, it was is. a bad day. You know,
1: completely agree with that. To get uh, theological a, l- a little bit um, with the quote unquote eternal ramifications of that, I've heard different things, but Rebecca, I want to get your thoughts on this. Do you think that a person who commits suicide do, are they separated? For eternity from God
0: um I guess you could call, you could call sin you could call suicide murder murder of yourself um, but that's just like every other sin Jesus has covered that sin he's covered it not just covered it actually it has been atoned for 100 percent gone, not just covered and the only thing that separates us from God is if we do not have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and He and Holy Spirit doesn't reside in us and made us a new creation, which all happens at the same time, by the way. Um, people like to separate it out, but I don't think it. I think it all happens at the same time. Um, that's the only thing that would ever separate us.
1: Those are my thoughts, too. I've just heard different viewpoints of, if somebody commits suicide, that totally blows everything else out of the water, whether you accept Jesus or not, you know yeah the you, have a, you have a place uh, you know in the in the in the barbecue, uh, I'll call yeah. it
0: well it's a kind of a funny way to say that not really again
1: i'm not trying <laughs> to be i'm not trying to be funny i'm just you know yeah basically you know people think you'll go to hell if you commit suicide
0: i think the catholic church um, i think at least they used to prescribe to that i don't know if they still do um but yeah i've i've heard that that if you commit suicide
1: I think the idea behind it may be salvation is a gift. Life is also a gift. If you refuse or if you commit suicide, you're basically making a refusal of that gift of life and therefore making a refusal of that gift of salvation. Again, if you're not a Christian, I think it's kind of their thinking of like, well, I mean, you go to hell if you do that.
0: I mean, when you explain it like that, if that's the thinking... I can see how you would come to that conclusion. It's still incorrect, but I can see yeah. how you would get to that. Um, yeah. You know, I, I heard uh, whenever this was, I don't know. I heard the story of who was it? There was a, ser- it was a serial killer, Ted Bundy. I think um, someone like that who at in uh, at the end of his life in, um, in jail or wherever he was awaiting his death sentence um, he accepted Christ and <laughs> that rubs some people the wrong way because he did awful, awful thing. But if he indeed became a Christian and he accepted Jesus into his life as his Lord and savior, then he will be in heaven and he has been forgiven and that's hard to, to deal with. And, and, you know, and, and good, on this idea of forgiveness you know shoko Sh- shoko um, shoya believes that he is unforgivable right what he did right. was unforgivable because of
1: what he's done and mm-hmm. but on the, his path of redemption forgiveness is a very vital part of that that i don't oh, yeah. think you fully grasp because he's trying to get forgiveness from his mom mm-hmm. from shoko especially but all these other people around him as well.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, like you read in the beginning of uh, the little synopsis of the story, where it said it's a story of redemption. That's exactly right, because he goes to redeem these relationships, if you will, um, with his mom and with with um Shoko and. Uh, he even, there's a girl who was in his middle school or in his elementary school class, who's now in his middle or high school, whatever class they're in. Um, and she, uh, he, when he starts to connect with these people, um, oh, and he made a friend, uh, his, um, oh, the other kid who was like a a loner. I don't remember his name, but, um. Tomochiro. Tomochiro? Oh
1: no, hold on. Tonichiro.
0: Tomohiro. Tomohiro. Yeah. So he first makes friends with Tomohiro, um, <laughs> who needs a friend. Uh, he was like, we're going to be friends. And, um,
1: and he's, he's like, seriously, from, like, from day one.
0: Oh yeah. He, I love how, uh, Shoyo when, uh, yeah, Shoyo when, um, when they first go to hang out and, um, they're at this restaurant and he was like, Tomohiro, how, how do people become friends? Like, how does that work? And he was like, "All right, let me tell
1: you." Turns on the, the whole Godfather thing. <laughs> yes, fry in the in the ketchup like a cigarette.
0: <laughs> yes, and um, and he's like, just like this, and he takes his hand and he does a little like um handshake thing, and uh, he's like, now we're friends, and that's it. Yeah, and yeah. it's so simple. And he says onto
1: he says something to the effect of. You no, know, friendship lies beyond words and material.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Shoyo Shoya need needed to learn how to be a good friend, and Tomohiro helps him to do that. And then he kind of starts to bring other people in. And something that I love about this movie is that there's a visual representation of how Shoya.
1: Sees people, yes, that's one thing I want to kind of jump on. Yeah, so how Shoya sees people or doesn't see because of anxiety and depression, not looking people in the eye. You can see the visual representation. What he sees is he doesn't see people's faces, everybody's faces like x out or kind of like um blurry, uh, blurry, or blurred out. Yeah. And it's not until you like looks in the eye and makes a connection with them right. that that X falls off. Mm. It's and, like he
0: finally acknowledges them as a person,
1: right? And that's exactly what happens with Tony Hero, where Miss Foley is trying to, you know, take Tony Hero's bike and show you show you's like, well, I mean, why not take my bike?
0: Oh yeah, I forgot about the bike thing.
1: Yeah, and he um he said, like, oh over here. He's like, wow. No, I'm glad, I, I'm glad I ran into you. So, like, well, how did you know where I lived? It's like, your address was on the bike. <laughs> he's like, I'm glad I found it, and I found you too. Yeah, And that's when the first X falls off.
0: Yeah, because he really, he started to make a connection.
1: And then they that's go awesome. to the movies and the mall, and he's, he's <laughs> like, oh, sh- show you, over here. <laughs> he's like, I said, you see, he's like, you're the only two in the theater. <laughs> yep. I will say the animation wonderful in this film just all the detail
0: mm-hmm. yeah it is really good it is they did a really good job
1: the score of the music in this film is also really good as well yes and it I would perfectly agree. illustrates all the emotions that are being felt and
0: man, yeah without the the music enhances your emotional experience that's for sure um yeah i went from like laughing with whatever jokes they were doing to to all of a sudden just like weeping like <laughs> at one point i looked over at you and we were watching this and i was like can i have a tissue and they were they were all gone because you had been sick a little earlier and i was like you use them all <laughs> and so you got to the bath, went to the bathroom and got some toilet
1: paper for yeah. me <laughs> there are actually other tissues upstairs i just didn't think about it
0: oh uh, well that's okay
1: <laughs> but speaking of the emotion and like the music I'll play a bit of the extended clip. This is where Shoko is attempting. Shoko? Sorry, I don't know why. I'm trying to mix They're the they They're
0: very close in the names. Shoko, Shoya. Yeah.
1: yeah. So this is the scene where Shoko is going to attempt suicide. And this is during the fireworks. She's all planned out. It's loud. nobody will hear anything. And Shoya kind of comes in and. Kinda of like listen to the music in this because the tempo, the everything just comes together. What is she? Hey, uh, w- wait, wait a second. What is she doing? Hey, Shoko. Uh, Shoko. That scene probably has my heart pounding any time I see it. I know the outcome, but still the tension. And you can see that, you know, it's getting closer and closer to that climax. The tempo's getting faster. and
0: Well, he, yeah, he's like, what is she doing? Uh, oh my gosh, wait, wait, this is bad. Something, something is very bad. And he tries to go and run after her. And then he runs into the table. Like, oh my gosh. Come on,
1: man. And he you tries to get off her and say, like, Oh, She, she can't, can't hear.
0: Oh I know. It uh, that one, that that scene really that was hard. And he ends up, um, well, if you haven't watched it, you gotta yeah. you gotta watch it.
1: Well there's a spoiler, she doesn't she doesn't succeed.
0: Yes, yeah. She she does not succeed in, in committing suicide.
1: Which I mean, I probably would have just said, Okay, I'm I'm done. You know, if she's gone, there's no point.
0: Oh, for him to continue. Right. And she and she ultimately decided to do that because she thought that she was causing people too much trouble.
1: Right. And that gets into like the psych and the mental state of those who are dealing with these thoughts. Like it's my fault er, everybody would be better if I was just out of the picture. And again, more lives from the enemy. And this is the, um, the last, um, one of the last sound clips I'll play from this. But we see this in, you know, Shoko's perspective where Sh- uh, Shoya is just getting out of the hospital due to the events that transpired after the unsuccessful suicide. And yeah, I'll just, I'll, I'll let this speak for itself. not true <laughs> don't cry even now it's hard to listen to that and it's also i feel for the person trying to console it can be very difficult to console somebody who's dealing with that like you can provide words of affirmation encouragement um i am not sure how i would do it if put in that situation
0: so the you know that video i was talking about earlier the um I have a black dog and his name yes, is depression. Yes. So there's a follow-up video that was made and I'm so glad they made it because the that video really focused on what is depression, what is it like to have depression, but there's a follow-up video called Living with the Black Dog. And that gives really good tips on how to communicate with someone who has depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts and you know all of that. And um, what to do and what not to do, and it's excellent. I highly recommend. Um, again, put out by the, the, the again put out by the WHO.
1: Absolutely. Well, kind of wrapping things up here. We've discussed bullying. Becca has shared her own personal struggle um, with self harm, suicidal thoughts, and I want to stress again: if you are dealing with any of this, there's resources out there. Talk to a counselor. Pastor, family, there are people who will listen and not just blow it off as some, you know, need for attention or anything like that.
0: And if you do run into those people, have compassion on them because they don't know what it's like and they just don't understand. So I encourage you to find those people who will understand because they do exist. And you'll never know how someone's going to react unless you actually do it, you know? And um, I think, was it last week or two weeks ago, we talked about God's plumb line. Is that right?
1: We did. We discussed it, um we discussed it during Aladdin and Inside Out. So it was brought up both times.
0: Got it. That is a fabulous tool, um, a fabulous tool to use when you're having negative thoughts like that. Um, you know, don't let that be the only help that you seek, but it can be a tool to use um, because sometimes, sometimes you you may actually be going through clinical depression, um, or you just need more support than than one particular tool can provide. Um, so definitely seek seek professional help on that, and that goes for anything. If you're dealing with anxiety, um, my personal views on this too for depression anxiety all of that there are there are prescription drugs that are available to help with these situations um from my research and perspective those can be more harmful than helpful um do your research though seek professional help um i personally am weary of leaning heavily on those drugs um, that's getting into advice that I really don't want to jump into that area because that's so right. dangerous. And this is, and this is
1: all just our opinion, right? The knowledge. This is of, not medical right, advice. We're not licensed counselors. No, our, but we are just one two day. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, one day. <laughs> not yet. But for the moment, we're just two individuals just giving our opinion, and you do that what you wish. But as we've said, seek professional help counselor, people who are licensed and trained in this field to give you the tools that you need to help. Absolutely. And we'll just kind of get into our recommendation with this again, great impactful film, music, animation, great storyline, again, heavy, but I would encourage anybody, um, you know, who has a love for anime basically and also just great story and that deals with hard topics. I would definitely recommend this.
0: Yeah. Particularly, I would say particularly if you've got teenage kids um, or you are a teenager, I would say this is a good one to watch um, or yeah, really any adult. Cause it's, it's helpful. And you know, this stuff can, it can come back in your life. Cause I didn't just deal with that one episode of depression. Um, my, my parents actually got a divorce right as I was uh, when I graduated high school and uh, moved going into college. And this is um, true for so many freshmen at college. They deal with a lot of depression and anxiety. Um, A lot of, of kids do. And um, so this stuff can come back. You can, you know, it can go in and out and,
1: um, and for a lot of people, it's a daily struggle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's worse than others. And, um, exactly.
1: Well, we know this was a very heavy episode. Congratulations. You've made it to the end. (laughs) We promise the rest of the month will be a little bit on the lighter side. Um, we have mental
0: uh, health is serious in general. It it
1: is. It is serious. We try to have a good balance, but we we want to stress the importance and the seriousness of this topic by you know, paving them the way as we did in the in the uh, beginning.
0: Yeah, and you know, before we um really wrap up here, I think it's really important to say, um, kind of like we did for last week's episode and in Inside Out. You know, there's this um, it's very pervasive idea throughout Christian culture, and I know we with Carly we talked about it being. It's not just Christian culture; it's like all of culture. But I know in particular for Christianity. We have this idea that we must be happy all the time. And if we're not happy all the time, then then,
1: we're doing something wrong.
0: Yes. And that that we are not good Christians, that we're not we don't love God enough or whatever else it is. Or, you know, we could even say if we are dealing with depression and poor mental health, then then we're, we are wrong. Something is wrong with us and that we are in the, the, that God doesn't love us or whatever it is that um, kind of goes into that. Um, and that is just not true. You know, it's, it's just not. You know, I've said it before on the podcast here, but emotions are neither negative or positive. They're kind of neutral, but they tell a deeper story of what's going on. And that's why talking to someone is so important, I think.
1: Well, before we actually wrap up the wrath up, we're going to do one thing we liked about the movie and one thing that we did not like. And with this, there's not a lot to not like about it. One thing I'll say is I loved the whole imagery and the illustration as we spoke about earlier with what, how Shoya sees people when he's not interacting or looking them in the eye and making a connection. So I really love that illustration and just how well it communicated emotion. Honestly, I don't have anything that I did not like. Well, okay. I did not like Naoka because she was just looking for a chance to be um, Shoko down, like at any given point. So uh, from the character perspective, uh, that that's one thing I did not like.
0: Yeah. Her character was hard to relate to because she was so negative and she was just like she just couldn't understand she was very self-centered and that was it was hard to to get behind her and root for her as a character like come on girl get with the picture don't you understand i don't know i think in the end she kind of started to understand or at least be somewhat okay i don't know she didn't have a lot of positive character development um yeah i would say that would that's Probably true. Um, i not like, that's probably the thing that I liked the least as well. Um, but it, I mean, it does illustrate there are some people who are like that, you know, and they're just not going to change. Um, my favorite thing about the movie in a similar way to what you said um, about the the X's on the face. Um, my favorite part though of the movie was at the very end when he finally starts to Listen to what people are actually saying uh, because this whole time he's been thinking, they hate me, I'm terrible, I'm awful. and he projects his own negative self-talk onto other people like they're doing the self-talk or they're saying those negative things about him. And it's not true, you know I mean, like they don't they don't really care, particularly when they're at the at the um, the like fireworks thing or festival or wherever they are. And he finally starts to look people in the eye and all of those exes fall off of their faces. That
1: scene is so impactful. I shed a tear each time. And the music, when all the exes are just falling off of the faces, that's enough to watch the movie alone.
0: Yeah, because it's like the buildup to that moment is incredible. Because you realize... Something has now changed in Shoya and he will be okay because he's opened himself up to, you know, a close group of people. And then and then he was okay with other people as well.
1: And with that, we're going to go ahead and end the episode and we will see you all next week.
0: Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Annaluuya podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to keep up with all the latest information. We would love to hear your comments and questions about today's episode, as well as suggestions for future episodes. You can message us on our socials or email us at contact at